All right, quickly, let's take our declaration of understanding, then we'll study a bit, and then we'll continue to pray. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right, the Lord is good. Let's quickly take our seats so that we can um, quickly get into the teaching. Now, Malachi chapter 3 is where we are going to start from today. I'll start from verse 13. He said, Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, What have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge? And that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts. He says, So now we call the arrogant blessed. That's what we're experiencing. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. That is the situation. That is what we are observing. The things around us, that is what is telling us. The experience, I mean, the things that's happening around. So we are commenting according to our experience. That's what those, those people are doing. We are commenting according to what is going on in our environment. In Isaiah in verse 16, so there are two kinds of people. Those who comment according to what is going on around and for that reason, they become arrogant against the Lord, as he said in verse 13. But the second group are those who are described in verse 16. He said, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who esteem his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I prepare my own possession." I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. He said, For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and evildoer will be chaff. Now remember the, what, who the arrogant are. He said, and the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But as for you who fear my name, remember, two groups of people. Now, this is the destiny of the arrogant. But for the second group, as for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like cows from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for there will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day which I am preparing, says the Lord of hosts. Now I'm going to stop reading there. We ended in chapter 4, verse 3. We began from verse 16 of chapter 3. Now what I want to remind us of again, you know, last time there was something I said, you remind me to say this. You remember, okay. That's your duty to activate. What did I say again? Yeah, that's where I said it. To activate the blessings of God, something in your environment. Hmm? 
Yeah, we have the, a personal responsibility to activate. Activate what? God's blessing, God's, God's provision in our, anyway, all of it. So, but you remember that. It's our personal responsibility. Now, what I began to explain to us again, that was about two meetings ago, is about this name of the Lord. Remember, we've been talking about it. That our help is in the name of the Lord. Our provision is in the name of the Lord. Our protection is in the name of the Lord. I said everything that God has for us is packaged in two places. One, the name of the Lord. Two, the promises. Yes, the promises. That's all. Like somebody said, my government will not supply all my need. It is my God that will supply all my need. Let me just say something to you, which is what we are studying again. Eh? You know, there is a lot of um, reasons to be afraid right now. Just exercise your faith. What did I say? I didn't hear you. Exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Not just exercise your faith. What does it mean? Just wake up in the morning and take 15 minutes to discuss the matter with yourself. If you have a friend who you can discuss with, discuss the matter with the friend. You will see what we are trying to explain here. Those that fear the Lord, they speak. Some years ago, I explained in this our school of prayer, I said there is a different kind of prayer that we don't often talk about, which I said is our conversations. Because if prayer is the way by which we activate the will of God on the earth, we can see from this particular portion of scripture that when we are talking to one another, the Lord is also hearing it. When we get on our knees and talk to the Lord, he hears. When we prophesy, he hears. When we make our supplications before him, he hears. But also, when we talk to one another, he hears. And I want to say something here. I think that's the one he hears more. Yes, that is the one that's most sincere. Do you get my point? No, you know the way we say it. If you are coming to church, you never can tell who is humble. You know, you know, politicians are very funny. You know this is political season. Alright? Please, again, pardon me when I go to the area of politicians anywhere to correct the church so that we don't spoil everything. You know, politicians are very funny. Suddenly they start eating corn on the road. You've seen them. They now, they'll be drinking from, you know, pure water sachets. And that's right and be drinking. You know, we'll be looking at them say, you want to fool us. They start flying third class. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and I say, this man is very humble. We'll be looking at them and say, you, you, Oga, <laughs> leave us now see them now say you know eating on the road. In fact, they will now stop stop and buy a bacha. Yeah. You understand? You, you've seen them before. They've been doing it for years, not today. And I say, you know, they now show you all kinds of humility. And they want to fool human beings, according to Wiki, fake. All fake. All fake. It's a fake. It's fake. He wants to try and impress me, you know. <laughs> That's what Wiki said once. So they do. It's, it's, see, I was telling one of my guys, my classmates, I said, ah, politics is terrible. I said, what am I seeing here? I said, politics made Ganduje come for adoration. <laughs> Ganduje is a Muslim. He came for Holy Ghost adoration night with Father Mbaka. Do you remember? Then David Cameron, Prime Minister of UK, called Pastor Yadibwe, our daddy Gio. So one of my guy, he lives in UK. He said, no. He, he, he said, UK politicians don't do such. I just cropped the picture and sent to him. I said, he did. You see, very humbly, standing in front of, you know, if I, when it first happened that time, ah, 
Even me, I got carried away. Revival is breaking out in the UK. One of our brothers in the UK said, please, everybody stop this nonsense. Said the same man just went to the Buddhist temple, I think the following week, <laughs> that lived this thing. There are over one million Nigerians living in that country. As, I, don't know, I don't know how many million Nigerians live in the UK now. Of voting age, there are over a million. Unless I'm mistaken. Why won't you call our daddy Gio? So when you see, you see that's why I, politicians, I don't believe them one bit. I don't believe them. I don't believe them. Ah, these people, they are the same all over the world. Though. No, it's not a Nigerian thing. So once they start campaigning, just leave that thing. Anyway, they are, didn't you see how our current president only became an, is he a, a, a few years ago? They were they good for him, put did everything. That's what politics is. Now, as, as an aside, so when, we're coming to, when we are coming to church, God also knows. Hey, these politicians, they are coming to worship. So he doesn't wait here to check how we behave. You see Agbero, I'm robber. You come to church. One small girl will say, sit down here. Say, yes, ma. You go and sit down there. You want to know his character, go to the motor park. <laughs> Don't come to church when the guy knows that God is watching. He knows God is watching. And God knows someone want to pray to. That is why we will kneel down. People that will not kneel for anybody, they will now kneel down. Father, we want to worship you. Our Father who art in heaven, they have no respect for any human being, nobody. They will be so humble. So in the time of prayer, God says, these people, this is when they are their best behavior. That's why I say humorously, even though there's a bit of truth, not, it's founded on truth. I said, God doesn't come to church. What I mean is that to come and check us out, he doesn't come. Because he knows we, are, we all behave well. There are some notorious politicians. I won't mention their names, all right? They're, okay, they're not even the big play now. One of my friends, went, one of them was doing, like, maybe the father died or mother. They were doing a burial service. So one pastor, you know, the way we pass the hand, they've gathered all the big politicians. Let's preach to them. If that man finished preaching, preaching. Say, if you want to give your life to Christ, the two most notorious politicians there came to the front. You know, some those of us who don't say, reviver, because you can't reviver. This is not the politician again. Is it? Is that your cousin? <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? You know the one now. Came out. Ah, it's all right now. Oh, boy, did not change one bit. So that is why I say it, and I say it again. He said, those who, who fear the Lord spoke often one to another. So it's when we are talking to each other that is most important to God. That is when you know what you really believe. Because when you're in church, everybody says, after me, in the name of Jesus, I am above, I am not beneath. In the name of Jesus, my supplies come from the Lord, not from my economy. You know, there's nothing I want to say you will not repeat. And then when you want to pray many times, you will not repeat the things that we said. God says, it's good though. I'm not saying it's not good. But is it really coming from your heart? Let's see. Let's, I want to watch you and your wife talk. I want to listen to when you and your best friend will discuss the affairs of the country. I want to listen to when you and your friends in the same political party will discuss this matter. 
When you deacons, we gather at the end of the church, say, guys, let's see what's going on. Let's just talk. We are eating that time. We are not praying. That is when Jesus comes, takes his seat, and listens attentively. Which is the reason why I talk about our conversations being a form of prayer. It's a form of prayer. When you are discussing what you are saying now, that's where actually I began from, and that's where I'm going back to. What you are saying about the Lord at that time is what is activating the power of God in your life. Did you hear what I said? Now, remember I began last time, although we went to talk about this, I felt for our nation so much last time, I, I hope we able to stay, stay on the main thing we were supposed to be doing. Now, I was saying, we began last time that, look, when we talk about magnifying the Lord, I said that it's our responsibility to activate things, right? How do we activate is we magnify. Please, follow this closely. Spiritual things are the real things of life. Physical things are not the real things of life. Please bear that in mind. How much spiritual things will affect you on the earth positively now is decided by how much of the reality of the spiritual you walk in. If you don't walk in it, you defaultly fall under the power of the mundane things of this life. What do I mean by that? You know, please listen to this. A lot of people are very ignorant about life. You know what? You know those that Solomon calls fools? Doesn't mean you're an idiot. When Solomon calls you a fool, you may be naturally intelligent. When Solomon says you are a fool, it just means that, okay, let me be like this. A lawyer, hmm? a senior advocate of Nigeria, a brilliant lawyer, is a medical fool, according to Solomon. Solomon used the word fool for, to describe ignorance, things you don't know about life, and especially things you are not concerned about. Did you get that? Especially things you are not concerned about. You just leave it, you don't even bother to think about it. Now, why am I saying so? Most people are spiritual fools. Born the words of Solomon. Do go about life recklessly without, without thinking about the spiritual area. And then when, I, when they now see somebody who's thinking about the spiritual, they start laughing. I hope you're getting my point. You know, once my wife and I were watching TV, some people would do some crazy things. I've, I, I've used it to illustrate a number of times. You see a man decide to raise up his hand for 12 years. Oh, you thought it was one? No. 12 years, you keep the hand raised up. One decided to stand for 12 years. Did you hear what I said? Stand. That he would not sit, he would not lie down for 12 straight years. I know what's going through your mind. Does he not sleep? If he wants to sleep, he will rest on something like that. That's how he'll sleep. They had a pillow suspended between two, like, ropes. You know, like, you know, remember Jangirova? You don't know what's Jangilova. What's the real meaning? What's the real English for that Jangilova? No, no, I mean that. What did we Jangilova lie? Are you getting my point? The real name is Jangilova. Okay, now. The guy said the real name is Jangilova. But you know that swing, you know, just, hey, he hangs something like that and he will lean on it as he sleeps. 
And he stood for 12 years. They were watching it. He had been standing for 11 years. Yes. Some of them, they are honest. They are not wearing clothes for 12 years. And you don't understand that. Listen, <laughs> and listen to me. Uh, these people, the area where they are doing their stuff is cold. So imagine a man who will sit, cross his legs meditating, and it's snowing outside, just outside the cave. All the warmth he has is just because the place is secluded, and hopefully they will heat trapped in the mountain. Twelve years. Now, when you see such things, you're like, what? What nonsense? So, that day, we were watching it. My wife was laughing. She said, Kolo. After I was saying, sweetheart, stop laughing. Stop laughing. She said, why? I said, these people are looking for something that most Christians are not even searching for. Do I agree with their method? No. Do I think they are lost? Yes. No one can come to the Father except through Christ Jesus. But this is the point. At least they are looking. Sadhu Sandra Singh went to England many years ago. And he looked at them and said, look, you guys said that the Indians worship many gods. He said, you worship yourselves. He didn't see the Englishman superior to the Indian. He said, because we both worship that lost people now. You are worshiping yourselves. He said, those guys worship many gods. All of us need to worship Jesus Christ, we know. But the natural Indian is not inferior to the natural Englishman because both of them are lost in worship of something. Now, what am I trying to emphasize? You see, those people who look for things like that, they actually understand. I read, they said Buddha, one day met a man on the roadside, by the waterside. And there's a principle of um, that their Eastern religion and stuff like that, they call austerity. So the man told Buddha that I've practiced austerity for 20 years. And now I can walk across the stream. It was a, was a parable. Um, Buddha said 20 years. Why didn't you pay the ferry one shilling? <laughs> Did you get the point? Yes. To get over to the other side. But let's forget that other, the real proverb. What I want to bring out is that the men understood that there's a place you get to in life. You can walk across water. They understood that this water looks like it, can, it, it will not let you walk across. You will sink if you step on it. But that there's a level you will walk in. The water will have to respect your presence and carry your weight across. Now, where I'm going is that they understood it from the beginning. It took that man 20 years, not of practicing, of meditating. And that's where I'm going. No, he wasn't practicing that. How do you step? They have these people that they walk across fire. Ceremony, they just walk across fire. And I've read medical, that's physiology now. Physiologists try to analyze how it worked. Live coal, you know, live coal, hot coal, they will walk across. And they just be tripped, you know, all of them. Everybody just walk across. No blisters, nothing. There's one, I have the videos. I can, I think it's somewhere on my, yeah, still on my phone. This was somewhere in Middle Bet, Nigeria, or part of Western Nigeria. You see this masquerade, just get up. They light a fire. You know a masquerade? Dry. You just walk through the fire and stay inside the fire and dance and come out. You just enter the fire, dance and come out. There was one I saw. These, are, these guys are smiths, you know. 
iron smiths. You know that they are fire that they use for blowing, and you know that for melting iron. The guy will just go there, sit on it, and they are blowing it. He will sit on it, get up, dance, come back and sit. People will look and say, no, you know, you know, those who study science, they think everything is scientific. They've tried everything to analyze. So, no. How are these guys doing it that this fire is not roasting them? They don't practice with the fire for information. They practice in a room. They, now, listen, they chant. They meditate. The man who told Buddha that he had practiced austerity for 20 years, he wasn't trying to walk, he wasn't walking on water to practice. He was in a mountain. He was somewhere. He will fast. He will meditate. He will afflict himself. What was he trying to do? He's trying to get himself to walk away from the physical realm of life and walk in a realm that's beyond the physical. He understood that if he could succeed in entering into that realm, the physical things on the earth will not have control over him. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Why did I talk about fools, fools, fools before, all right? Is that I found that a lot of Christians, they don't know how to relate with some people who dabble into the spiritual. They laugh at things they don't understand. Now, listen, I'm not saying Christians should not laugh, but most Christians laugh ignorantly. They think the person is up to nothing. They don't understand that why they are not doing it and which is the reason why they don't work in spiritual power. Because they're not even thinking about it at all. I'm not saying follow the man to go and learn how to walk on water. Jesus does not teach how to walk on water. He speaks to you and you walk on water. That's his own method. There's nothing like uh, go and meditate for 30 years. He speaks. I'm convinced about this. Jesus Christ didn't pray, Lord, I'm about to walk on water. Don't let me drown. No. Just say, ha, what do we do? No boats around. I need to get there on time. There's the Holy Spirit in him. He just starts walking on water. You know, Father, I'm about to step on water. And bre- no, I pray you get it. He just breaks the laws of the natural by walking naturally in the supernatural. By walking naturally in that which is spiritual. You know, my wife and I were reading the um, just it's part of the thing I'm teaching, just magnifying God. So I said, let's just read that story again. Something led to where we're discussing those that fear the Lord and are married to each other, you know, they spoke often one to another. So I said, let, we're just talking about the Lord. So we went to the issue of Elisha. I just opened that portion. Let's read it again. And we saw how these people came to arrest Elisha. In fact, there was something that happened that we burst into laughter. The king of Aram will say, so and so place we will gather and will surprise the armies of Israel. And then by the time he gets there, he finds the armies of Israel have found out, and they have taken some defensive, you know, actions. So it happened a number of times, the Bible says, until they got frustrated and said, I must have a spy here. Which of you is reporting my plans to the king of Israel? Before he starts killing people, they say, oh God, please, please, it's not us. There's a prophet in Israel. He tells the king of Israel, the things that you discuss in your bedroom. 
Now, you know why we burst into laughter? The man said, where is he? Let's go and catch him. <laughs> Did you catch the fool? <laughs> you don't get the point. They say he's... <laughs> The, all the plans you have, the man is saying the king of Israel. Now you want to plan to go and catch him. Don't you know you already? <laughs> Do you know? Or just my wife and I, we started laughing. We laughed so hard. They're how foolish can a human being be? They just told you. They're everything you are discussing, he knows them. And you want to plan to catch him. And of course, he sent people there. And the servant came out and looked and said, At last, my master. What are we going to do? And the man kept on sleeping. Alas, my master. Please listen to this carefully. Alas, my master. How shall we do? The man said, don't worry about it. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Ah, alas, my master. I said, God, this boy will not let me sleep. Open his eyes. What does that tell you? Elisha has seen. Or at least he was consciously aware of the protection they had. It was not God, though, protect me. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What am I saying? Elisha was walking in a realm where he could hear what those people were doing in their bedrooms. And when they were planning to come and catch him, do I need to tell you he knew the plan? I did not take any action about the plan because he knew it was a, it was a useless plan. Why? He was walking in the realm. He could see it. He understood it. So when the servant was panicking, he said, oh, those people, oh, I knew they would come. They are here now, yes. He said, don't worry about them. So what do we do? No, there are people around us now. Ah, they will take care of them. He now came out and said, Lord, please blind them. They physically were seen, but they were not comprehending. That was the kind of blindness God gave to them. So he came and said, what are you looking for? We're looking for a particular, ah, no, 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 no. This is not where he is. Follow me. He took them to the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel came and said, my master, Will I kill them? Ah, Elisha said, kill who? If you caught them in battle by yourself, will you have killed them? He said, no. That's not how you treat prisoners of war. What do you say? Give them food. So the Bible says he set a feast before them. They ate and they drank. He said, everybody come and start going home. And they never came back. Now, why am I telling the story? I said, this was a man walking in a particular room where fear was not possible. Fear was not possible. He wasn't trying not to be afraid. He could not be afraid. Later on, the same king of Israel got angry with him. He said, today I'm going to kill this Elijah. Before he came, he said, look at the way this son of, he abused him. He says he wants to come and kill him. The king had not entered though, but he told everybody he's coming. He saw him coming. Now, I'm trying to emphasize the fact that there are realms in life. Now, this is what some people know. And they will climb mountains and stay there for 11 years. Hoping to, you know, let's leave this um, Agbado and um, Cassava alone. <laughs> let's leave these physical things alone. Let's go somewhere else first. We are so used to eat, eat, eat. You know, they're like, this is not what we need. It's not food that's the issue now. Let's get to a realm where... If necessary, we will walk across this water and we will not drown in it. Now, what they are doing, you may not like. But what I want to say to you is that at least they are looking for something. If you hear that a Christian got shot and he died, you shouldn't say, this country is dangerous. You should wonder, God, is that how we can get shot? I don't know whether you get my point. That, is it that bullets have power over us? 
a scripture should come to your mind that no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. I say, Lord, what went wrong? I don't know whether you get my point. Don't magnify, ah, this country is dangerous. This is how this man was going and they shot him. And look at it now, he's dead. Your pain should be, he was born again, yes. Lord, now wow. It should make you go and pray. It should make you stay up at least an hour. Cross your legs, sit down somewhere. Say, Lord, what's going on? A bullet? And then the spirit may tell you that it was ordained. That was just my way of taking him away. And I said, okay. Then you are satisfied. So when I said that, what happened to him? He said, the Lord took him. How did he? With a bullet. Your emphasis is on what? The Lord took him. You don't see it as a game of chance anymore. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Now, listen to this again. I have a conviction that one of the, of course, Adam sinned. You know the story. We won't go over it again. There was a kind of sin that Adam committed. And then the Bible says that in the day you eat of that, that day you shall die. Without doubt, we know that he died. But the death was, is not the kind of death most of us are thinking of. Because he was still alive for a few hundreds of years afterwards. What happened was that the realm, now listen, the realm in which he was walking changed. Once he stepped out of that garden, things began to go down. Now, let's talk about the realm he was walking in beforehand. You know, the Lord still visits people today. Most of the time, those who see him are prophets. But any child of God, he may visit. Most don't recognize him. All right? Sometimes it comes with cap like this guy's old. Would be a beer like that. And that kind of t-shirt too. And kind of a trader's bag. Just like that. And you would think he just came for Bible study. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, so he does that once in a while. But usually those who recognize that he's the one are prophets. Okay? But let's go back to Adam. In Adam's case, the Lord used to walk in normally. Like nothing happened. Adam knew he would be coming. Adam could hear his footsteps. The day he sinned, he ran. Now let's go a few days before he sinned. He wouldn't have run. To be like, Lord, oh, you have come. Would you like a drink? Now just adding to this behavior. They would have sat down and the Lord would have taught him. Those who don't understand these things, they will tell you that those days human beings were hunter-gatherers. They teach it in them, agriculture and in biology to children. They lie to the children. Human beings were never hunter-gatherers, let me tell you, as a race. But when they have sinned and God has put them under judgment, they start behaving like monkeys. They start behaving like baboons. You see these Europeans and our white brethren, the kind of thing they are doing these days, if God does not do anything, after two generations, they will become hunter-gatherers. It's a normal thing. Originally, we were not hunter-gatherers. Now, how will you hunter-gather until you know how to mine? Now, think about it's common sense. How will you hunter-gather? I hope you like my English. How will you hunt and gather until you learn how to um, refine iron ore into iron? Think about it. What's the logic? If I leave you to hunt and gather for one billion years, you will never learn how to get iron out of ore. You never will. How you learn how to bring copper out of the hills? 
How old are you? Think about technology. You don't stumble into technology. You want to know what really happened? I'll tell you. Those early days when Adam and Eve were there, they were taught, just the way you educate your children, they were educated. This is how you cook. This is how you manage this garden. When the Lord made this, no, these plants come in two different colors. They pollinate. They, those things were taught to them. Solomon understood advanced science. That was later on now, as a matter of fact. Okay? A lot of things, you know, talk about those um, uh, Gregor Mendel, you know, and all of that. Solomon understood uh, Mendelian genetics. Flat, did. So it's the wisdom that God gives. Now, where I'm going is that. So in the garden then, don't think Adam and Eve were the only ones there. If they got confused about something, Adam will turn around and call. An angel will answer him and explain to him, no, no, that's not how it works. What sin did, okay, was to make them dead to the spiritual. Where am I going? To explain that physical things now became more real to these people than spiritual things. Angels became difficult to see. The Lord hardly came afterwards to visit. Things now became rough. One of the reasons why he had to eat bread from the sweat of his brow was that because he had eaten of the tree, of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which meant that he could only advance by making discoveries, which most of it will be accidental. He will sweat. There are times he will, he, you know, he will farm a particular plot of land, and there's nobody to give him the wisdom that just by moving from here to the other side, okay, and leaving this one fallow for two years, you will retain the fertility of the land. You don't stumble into such things by accident. If you want to use accident, it will take you a whole generation to learn ordinary shifting cultivation. But if the angels had, were there, they would have told him, Adam, wait, don't cultivate here next year. Plant legumes this time around. I know you don't like mukuna, there's no problem. But plant mukuna here. I know it's not for you to eat. Let it just stay here. Move over here and do corn for the next five hectares. Leave this one. And let your animals graze here. He will have, they will have told him that just the, way, the same way you teach children that in agriculture. Do you get my point? It's one reason why he had to eat bread from the sweat of his brows. He had to struggle for everything. Everything. There was, no, there was no advanced knowledge being passed down to him by the spirit beings that also roamed the earth. Physical things became more real to him than spiritual things. So of course, after many generations, it was not a strange thing. For anybody to hear from the realm of the spirit, he had to be a prophet. The Lord had to call. Most of them heard the voice of God. They didn't see the form of anybody. Abraham walked with God for such a long time. I think the first time he saw him was on the way to Sodom. And the person he had been seeing, and if you go and read your Bible, that's how Jesus is. You will interact with him for you won't even know who you are dealing with until he reveals himself to you that, oh boy, Namio. The Bible says that he thought they were strangers. They were just hospitable. That was why he took the Lord and those strangers in. It was after they had eaten for some time, then the Lord must have told him some things. Ah, you know me that well. Do you recognize my voice? Lord, is it you? 
Yes. I just said, let me stop by and tell you what I'm about to do. Ah. Abraham says, okay, Lord. Now, what I'm going to say is that these are not common things. They have become uncommon because of sin. So we are going back to before the way, before sin came in. The way God designed it, heaven was supposed to manifest on the earth. We are supposed to be more aware of spiritual things and physical things. I told a story about fools earlier who don't care about any of these things. And a lot of Christians are like that. You may laugh at the Buddhist or the Hindu, some of those people. And I think you should laugh at the method they are using. But the question in their hearts, now I'm not talking about Americans who are depressed. In the Western world, they are depressed, they've rejected Christ Jesus. So they now look for any, they are just grab spin at anything. And as they are doing new age, I'm not talking about new age. I'm talking about men of old who will go into meditation for 10 years, trying to enter into what they call enlightenment. They are the ones I'm talking about. You can laugh, you can disagree with their method, and I think you should, because it's inferior to Christ. Christ is the method for us for everything. Christ is the method for us for everything. But I just want to be, authors bear in mind that they are looking for something, and that thing is what I'm talking about. So that when you hear that dollar is selling for seven, anybody following our message you can see the progression because I refer to it. Do you know when I was joking about 300 now, or guy you're talking about seven something? Yes. Do you know what? If you are truly spiritual, understanding the things of the spirit, it won't make any difference to you. You won't consider that it won't be any issue. So dollar is now 710 naira or 700 or 720. Say, eh. Is it going to affect what I will eat? To you, the answer is no. Why? Listen, the Lord is my shepherd. Now you see, now that's where I was going. Meditating, now this is how we step out of that which is mundane, physical, into walking in that which is spiritual, is to meditate on the name of the Lord. That's where I was going. We have a duty to take ourselves away. You know, Today I was driving, and the book of Job just started playing by itself. You know, the way cars behave, you know, just triggered this stuff. So, got somewhere I paused. I started laughing. I said, my God. You know, Job, at the end of it, we were just talking about Job. You know, I said at the end that God gave Job twice what he had before. Now, it sounds simple, right? But I stopped the play. I said, wait. God gave Job. The economy did not give Job. His investment strategy did not give Job. I hope you're getting my point. The climate did not give Job. Wise planning did not give Job. Friends did not give Job. How come Job got twice what he had before? God gave Job. You know, I've told you before, we've done it many times. Say, bow your head and just ask God for things. He gives things. Then scriptures began to pop in my head. Ah, I said, no, it's God that gives. God looked at David. After David killed um, Uriah, do you remember? God told him, look, I gave you your master's household. I gave you his kingdom. I gave you this. He now said, and if that was not enough, I will have what? I will have what? I will have what? That is, I will have given you. So David did not conquer it. God gave him. I don't know whether you are getting my point. 
It's part of the thing I'm saying. That there's a kind of understanding you have. Lack will not be something you'll be afraid of. Why? Because it's God that gives. You won't have to run from one country to another, from one city to another, from one job to another, one business to another, because you are looking for something. If you are looking for the thing, where do you go? You go to the Lord. That is the place of prayer for you. Is more potent than connecting with the richest man in the world. I hope you are getting my point here. See, what am I saying? These things of the spirit are supposed to be more real to us. This is not just um, like um, you want to deceive yourself. No. How do I say this? Elisha did not try not to be afraid. I hope you're getting my point. No, think about that, that um, 100 headsmen carrying weapons surrounded Elisha. Do you think he would have broken a sweat? Do you think he would have continued sleeping? Yes. If his, if his servant comes and wakes him up. Now, why not for that servant? There are many ways those angels behave. Those guys won't see a mountain there. They won't see anything there. They will search and search and search and go back home and say to their master, we did not find him. And Elijah will be looking at them like this. And they will greet him. Good morning, sir. And they will pass. And after moving around for days, they will go back home. And Elijah will be going to fetch water, go and sit down and eat, and they will be going around. And do you realize that Elisha would not have tried not to be afraid? Why wouldn't he have been afraid? Because he would have been more aware of the angels, the chariots, the horses surrounding him. More than those people. And as far as he was concerned, of course, which is the truth, they were more in number on his side, and they were more powerful. I hope you're getting my point. If God comes to you and says, what do you want me to do for you? Please stop asking for a Bentley. It's a very stupid request. Say, Lord, me too, I want to fly a private jet. God says, to where? Where are you going? Ever since I started nursing you and taking care of you, you have never left. You have, you have, it's only once you have crossed the river Niger to Asaba. You stayed two hours and then you came back again. Why would I give you a private jet? That's what God will ask you. Say, what do you want me to do for you? I want, I want 20 cars. You know, it matters to God what you want to do with what you are asking for. Let's stop asking for silly things. Those of our prayer points don't make any sense. They are, you know, they, are, they are men who want to marry Beyonce. Do you know that? You, you need to be looking at them. Are you okay? Eh? Some of you say, you say you are Christians. You are watching Big Brother season, whatever they are in now. That is how iniquity will overtake you. There's one newspaper I used to read. I stopped reading them. They are, they are on my browser. I, just, I removed the link. Because every time you open, they want to tell you what's happening. I, say, I don't put Big Brother in my head. So they make it like news items. I know they are paid to do those things. I just close them. Any newspaper that I just, I just close you. Leave me alone. They are spending time on that. You know, one day, can Higgins say something? That the one woman actually came to church. It's a prayer point. She said, let us pray for, let me think of a series. I can't think of any, I don't watch TV like that, so I can't tell all these series they do. But imagine series they do on TV. Tell me one and all of you know. Hmm? Super story. Today's is the super story. Okay, let's take super story. I remember super story. 
So I remember one super story. And I, how many people remember Tony Tomato's super story? Yes. The woman came to church and said, please, let's pray for Tony Tomato. She's grown to a lot. Oh. <laughs> Not a joke. That she had watched the thing so much, she thought it was real life. He came to church. <laughs> Said, any, any prayer points? Yes, Swara is about to divorce his wife. We don't think he should. Let's pray. I'm telling you the truth. Please, if you're a child of God, please, eh? I forbid you on the Lord's behalf. Be staring at Big Brother anything. It's nonsense. Please stop that rubbish. Today's the last day. You, if at least that subscription, don't pay the next time. Good enough, your own is expiring tomorrow. See, you are not paying again. You are not paying. Discuss important things. Now, this is, I know why I want to do that. If God were to come to you and say, please, what should I do for you? Because it's, what do you want me to do for you? Please, I'm begging you, ask for something serious. And this is what, what I wanted to ask for. Say, Lord, open my eyes so that I might see the things that matter in life. Help me to see from above not from beneath. Give me the eyes of Elisha. Give me the eyes of Daniel. I hope you're getting my point. That's how you should pray. Say, Lord, take me back to the beginning where spiritual things are more real than physical things. That's what I'm saying. Please, that's the fundamental. I just want to, I want to explain that one to us. Let's bear it in mind. That is what God wants us to ask for. That's one thing God wants us to set in front of our eyes. Understand, that was where Adam really fell from. People think that Adam fell from, uh, you know, that time. There was no weed, there was no problem. Yes, he did, he fell from that. But do you know what Adam used his eyes for? Do you get my point? That was where he fell from. A man who could tell his wife, be back on time, the Lord will be here around 4 o'clock. I want to hear him yourself. That was where he fell from. And listen, see into the realm of the spirit. Let me tell you something. It's not for everybody. But it's something that God has ordained for believers. Let me say. Have you ever asked yourself why Jesus, when he came, he didn't bother revealing himself to everybody? They killed him, right? He said he would rise again on the third day. Now I want to ask you a question. Did he rise again on the third day? He did? So why didn't you go to Pilate and do Pilate? Mm. I'm back. I'm back. Thought you killed me. Look at me. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Why didn't you go to Caiaphas, the high priest, and Annas? And say, I told you I was a Messiah. I told you I was a Messiah. You want to know the truth? There was no point. There was no point. They would not have believed. They would not have believed. It's a spiritual principle. Number one, they would not have even seen him. No, they would not have seen him. They would not have seen him. I'm doing a small scan in my head now. They wouldn't have seen him. Nobody saw the Lord physically. After resurrection, who had not believed? He said, what about Paul? It was a vision. Saul's case, it was a vision. When Jesus rose again from the dead, he showed up physically only to his disciples. They were the only ones that had the capacity to see. 
Because they had believed. Nobody else had the capacity to see him physically. Nobody else. Nobody else. So there was no point going to Pilate. Pilate wouldn't see anything. And if Pilate even were to see, you know what Jesus said? Neither would they believe, even if somebody were to rise up from the dead. Is that what Jesus said? Remember the rich man and Lazarus? That's what he said. What am I going to say? Blessed are your eyes, for they can see. What am I going to say? You have been redeemed to see. Say, why don't I see? Because you are gazing somewhere else. Let's get back to our prayer meeting for today. That was to give us, you know, a brief exhortation on something that's important. So you know what Satan does? He carries our eyes down. That's what I began to explain last time. You know, some people are so fixated. You know the current God in Nigeria? You know, there are different gods. Apart from the true God, there are two main false gods we worship right now in Nigeria. Who can tell me their names? Okay, now, third one. Thank you. I added that one to it. Before that one, what's the biggest god we worship in Nigeria? Huh? Buhari? Who's that Buhari? <laughs> that's it. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. I'm telling you. Money is one god. We always worship that one. But the new, <laughs> like the Bible says, the new god that came lately. <laughs> you know that's what the Bible says? Eh? Yeah. The god that came is Buhari. He talked to people. How much is well now? The diesel. Say nine hundred nine liters. Say ah, now there Buhari carry us rich. The God Buhari, we worship you. The determiner of the price of diesel will bow before thee, until thou retires next year. You, thou art our God. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of the other God that we want to use to dethrone this God. The battle of the gods. Another false God is what. The PVC, a false god. A false god. They are all false gods. Let's talk about this other false god that we worship all the time. And it's ah, Naso Buhari Duamu. Ah, Buhari economy, not they affect you. What even annoys me now? I want to go off the spiritual for a moment. That is the word of God. I'm teaching just common knowledge now. Some people are not even aware that the price of fuel is a global problem. Ghana was rioting, demonstrating all over the place a few days ago. Ghana. And what they are paying at official rate is exactly what we are paying. But when you do black market rate, <laughs> they are paying like 50% more for diesel than we are paying. You talk to people and say, ah, these things are high now. You say, what in the happen? say, now, hurry now. Now, it may sound like a joke, but by doing that, you are blinding your own eyes. Let me tell you how grace is. Grace is like a switch. There's a switch over there. I, I, I press that switch. Light will flood this platform. I put the other way. The plate goes dark. Did I light this platform? If you know the wattage of each of these bulbs here. These are LED bulbs. Yet, with their number, I know the wattage because of the number of them. So you can see my black face. We'll have needed less light. Where's pastor? If pastor was the one preaching... <laughs> If pastor was the one who preached, we need less light. Now, the point I'm making now, you see, the light needed to generate that power, it's not easy. EDC has to do it. That's the public power supply. Or if they fail, 
There's a big diesel generator serving this plaza. But the person who really puts on the light, if I came now and say, who put on that light? You will say, oh, it's Dominic. They didn't really put on the light. All they did was so what? Flick a switch. Just flip a switch and that's it. The light comes on. That's what grace is. That is what grace is. You are not going to do your eye like this until angels show up around your mountain. There's no method of, you know, people say, you lie down like this, you pray. You pray. No, there's no way of enforcing any of those things. But I'm giving you a switch today. What do you say in your private moments about the Lord? Which God do you worship? Now, let me say something to you about worship. These modern days, we hardly bow down before idols. Even the Europeans that say there's no God, they hardly know what a shrine looks like. Every generation has their own mode of worship. Just as Jesus said, the time is coming when you will no longer worship in this mountain or in Jerusalem. For the Father is seeking a certain kind of worshiper. Those that are worshiping will not do what? Worship in spirit and in truth. See, once you see the light walking, there's a parallel in the dark. At that same moment, hmm, the form of darkness worship also changed. Those who worship Satan now also worship him in spirit and in lies. Do you get my point? They worship in spirit, but with lies. Yes, they worship in spirit. They, don't, they also don't go to Jerusalem and they don't go to mountains. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. They worship idols without going to a shrine. They worship false gods and they don't bow before any image. You want to know who you are worshiping? I will tell you. How do I know who this book is about? It is simple. Who does this book talk about the most? What is the book about? Who do you talk about the most? So, we'll go to Genesis chapter 1. First line. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, three nouns are there. Okay, beginning is also a noun, right? Let's leave that. I mean, objects and persons. Three. God, heavens, earth. Next line. Earth was formless and void. Darkness and the spirit of God, God shows up again. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light. Another noun shows up, but God is still there. Verse 4, God saw. It was there. Next one, God called. Verse 6, then God said, another set of nouns showed up. Expanse, you know, in the middle, okay, an expanse, waters, but God was constant. You go down to verse 7, God made. You go down to verse 8, God called the expanse of heaven. You go down to verse 9, then God said, he made waters below, gathered to one place, then land, another noun showed up. Then verse 10, God called the dry land earth. Verse 11, then God said, every verse, God, 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 and God saw that it was good. Then God said, then God said, and then God saw, then God called. Continue from there till the end. The only book they said the name of God was missing, the book of Esther. The name of God is really missing there. I thought about it. It was not written by a Jew. It was written by a historian. The Jews called him one of the 
Is it care to them? Even if you keep that one there, eh? you still see God there. You will not see the name, but you see him. What do I mean? When they went to pray, did you not hear that they fasted and prayed? I hope you are getting my point. When they were fasting and praying, to who were they fasting and praying? We know now. You go till Revelation, he kept on talking about the same person. In different forms. You hear the spirit of God. You hear the infinite, of course. When you get to the New Testament, all through the law and the prophet and the Psalms, the prophecy had been going on in there about the servant of God, that God manifested as a human being, as a servant, was going to come. Then Matthew began to talk about him. Luke did. Mark did. That Matthew did. Mark did. Luke did. John did. And then his spirit came in the book of Acts and testified of him. And his apostles began to write letters about him. And they will introduce the letters with two names, God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. You don't need to be told who this book is about. Just read and small. Sorry, I mean no disrespect, but we'll say the truth. Sometimes some of us will say that we are not worshipping the mother of Jesus. We are already honoring her. And I say, but for every time you mention the name of the son, you mention her name ten times. Call it any name you like. You mention her name ten times, and you mention his name once. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. Look, let's stop deceiving ourselves. Let's call it speed is speed. Roses called by any other name, according to William Shakespeare, will still smell just as nice. Worship called by any other name is still worship. If you call worship honor, it's still worship. That is why I tell a lot of Nigerians, they worship Buhari, they don't know it. Yes, they do. Why is there no son? Buhari did not sign it into law. Say, but you, we never said that. You said that about jobs. You said that about wheat and bread. You said about power. You said that about security. You said that about every other thing. And the only reason why I didn't say it about the son is because you know that you'd be so ridiculous. You wanted to also. There was a short after Barry came into power at that time. That season was very hot. Somebody said, what is APC doing about this way? <laughs> People of God, are you getting me? How do we know who we worship? Who are we talking about the most? And go and check the way the, 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 the Jews were taught, the, the, the nation of Israel. In fact, all of them, their ancestors, their fathers, they, they kept, they kept, even when bad things will happen, they will say, God, in fact, when Job when calamity befell him, Job got on his knees and said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken. For that reason, what's the next line? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, the man just lost all his life's investment. And all his children followed. And most of his workers died too. And what did he say? The Lord gave. You know what modern Christians try to do? They share the glory. The Lord gave. The devil has taken. I will never give the devil that amount of glory in my life. It's an insult. I won't. 
I said, devil, you can't take it. He said, but the children died. I said, eh? so, does that make you my God? One of my sisters, the son died years ago. And the neighbor went and met her. I said, ah, let's just call her Mama Adam. Mama Adam. Well, eh? sorry, we have found out who killed your son. You know that our neighbor? She's a witch. This really happened though. You know what happened to my sister? She burst into laughter. A grieving mother, she burst into laughter. She started laughing. And told the woman, oh, Mama Sikira, come and start going. (laughs) She said, I will settle my problem with my God, but a witch cannot take my son. They had buried the boy. She said, I will settle my problem with my God. But let it be known to you, a witch cannot take my son. That's somebody who worships. That is true worship. That is true worship. That is true, that is true worship. Do you know who we worship a lot in Nigeria today, including Christians? They worship the head of state. If only he can leave power. And that God will replace him. And that God will bless me. And God says, <laughs> I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. I have sworn that to me, the creator of the heavens and the earth, every knee will bow. Listen, every mouth will worship. They will say of me, you know every tongue will confess. He said, they will say of me only in the Lord and righteousness and strength. They will say of me only in the Lord is security. They will say of me only in the Lord is provision. They will say of me only in the Lord are jobs. There's nowhere else to have stability and security for yourself or for your descendants apart from in the Lord. They will say of me. He said, I have sworn. He said, I like that one. Thus which I say to them, the gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. You want to know? Every head of state will perish. Yeah. And don't take curse on anybody. The current one, one day he will die. He doesn't have to die, he will leave office. The new one will fail. Don't say amen. I know, don't worry. It's not a prayer. The way we are going, the net head of state will fail. The one after him will fail again. Every head of state in Nigeria will fail. They can't help it. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Why are you not clapping? Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. Abalawo cannot save. APC cannot save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. PDP cannot save. Labor Party cannot save. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. NNPP cannot say, INEC cannot say, Hallelujah. 
Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. PVC cannot save. Ballot box cannot save. Hallelujah. Jesus can save, hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can save, hallelujah. Only Jesus can save. Oh, only Jesus can save, hallelujah. If you are waiting for a new government to save you, forget it. It will not happen. It will not happen. What we are going to do is to magnify Jesus. The governor amongst the nations. The one that makes kings and removes kings. The king of kings and lord of lords. is the one that blesses us. is the one that commands a blessing. Blessings are commanded. When he commands a blessing, no head of state can stop it. Yes, when he hasn't commanded, none can bring it. That's what we are saying. That's what we are saying. Listen. He said, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness. That to me every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. They will say of me only in the Lord that righteousness and strength. What am I saying? When we are talking, let's remember to only magnify the Lord. What has happened is that we have taken earthly governments and have given them power when we are talking. What is the problem in this nation? It is APC. It is Buhari. What's the problem in this nation? People will tell you, eh, APC has failed. PDP has failed. Time to try another party. I said, listen, you want to hear the name of the, the word of the Lord? They will also fail. He said, your house will be left to you desolate until you say, what? Blessed is he who, that comes in the name of the Lord. It's a word of the Lord and it's activated over this nation. That's why I preach the way I preach. People have sent messages that, why is Pastor Banky not supporting Peter Obi? Because he's not a savior. Any more than Balatinubu is. He's not a savior. Any more than Balatinubu is. He's not a savior. Any more than uh, what they call Kwakwanso uh, 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 is. None of them is a savior. I will not put my hope in any human being. You are waiting for me to join you. You will wait in vain. I have been on this spot forever. There was a time people fought me because they said what well, we did was change. I said, You think you need change? The same way I'm back to where I was, and I said, no, yes, you know, oh, if you don't know, that's my political history. When they were shouting, change, change, I said, change is not what you need. Jesus is what you need. They said, no, change, okay, they got changed. Then within a short while, they said, is it change that they voted for? I said, ah, you don't know what I told you. <laughs> I know some people, they will not listen to me because of what I just said now. The other day, I said, that means you are not my disciple. I was not sent to you. Log out. I don't give a damn. You will not take my faith and put, I keep on telling everybody, please register and go and do what? Vote. No human being will save us. In fact, when you put your hope in a human being, when it shows you don't know anything. See, for information, you can never guess who I'm voting for from here. Nobody has ever guessed successfully. The only people that know who I'm voting for are the ones I've told. That if election holds today, I've chosen my candidate, which I can change. The only thing that you don't know, that is, of all the names I mentioned, he may be one of them. Maybe he's not. You won't know. Every time I've voted, I've been surprised. Ah, Oga, are you serious? I said, yes, what happened? But I thought you said, I said, what did I say? Okay, I thought, I said, you, you heard me wrongly. 
It is my duty. I will not tell you I will vote for. I can, I can even go and vote and put my vote in between two lines. <laughs> Invalidate the vote. Just to let you know. My faith is not in any human being. But please, pray and don't get me wrong. If we do what is right, God will anoint somebody. And then through him, he will release what he wants to release. But there is none good but God. That fellow is not the savior. And that's what I'm begging people. Don't put your eyes anywhere else. Only Jesus can save. Don't ever forget. Only Jesus can save. Hallelujah. People now say, but Jesus does not have a ballot box. I said, that is why you will go and vote for anybody you like. So that is why the church say church should gather behind the candidate. That is a stupid idea. Let me just say the truth. If you do, the person will fail again. Because God, will, you know, it's called jealous God. So now they struggle with me for a wife. That's what God will answer. Oh. Yes. Because if you can gather his people behind you, you are struggling with him for his wife. Please, I'm begging the church. Let's put our hope in the Lord. Then any of these candidates you like, eh? nothing wrong with dragging your friend. Though. So, boy, this is the best candidate. Is that not what politics is about? Yes, no? Ah, drag your friend. So, boy, this is the best. Now, now for your information, I cannot do that. Why? Because... It will be an abuse of office. Do you know I found out something? Somebody posted in one of my classmates that any church abroad that tells the members who to vote for loses its tax exempt status. They, they, they don't have any problem with you telling people. But yet you are no longer a church. You are now what? A political party. So you go and pay tax like everybody else. But that's not my own issue, please. I can say, please, I pray that all of you on this row, at least one person will vote for any of these four political parties. Yes, that's my prayer. I'm not saying you agree with me. But so I just want brethren to know. Because for me, it's a sign that our faith is in God. Because this God must bless us. Because this was how they did eight years ago. They made all the noise. This is what we need. Because if that's what you need, take now. At the end of the day, the same people came back and said, we don't want Saul again. Because they said, no, you wanted a king. You have your king. But you know, if you really, really, truly put your faith in God and call him by his name, when they say, who will change this nation? Say, only Jesus. Say it in your conversation. I don't have time to explain now. You have to... See, this is not about just trying to... Be right, you know, like, let's say what pastor said we should say. No. Really mean it. I don't have time to explain to you really, really why, because I understand why it is true. But I just don't have time to explain it. Okay, let me give you a bit of it. See that seat called Asurok? It's a spiritual seat. When you sit down there, your personal plans. You know, you know what Mike Tyson said? Everybody has a plan until he's punched in the face. <laughs> That's what Mike Tyson said. You come to the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you Boza, that is. <laughs> you know, it's very easy. You know, you, you are outside. You can't tell. No, you come for the. Uh, say we all have plans. We all have plans. What's the name of that gypsy king? 
The gypsy, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. When Tyson Fury jam you, what's wrong with that, that, that our Bini King? Don't you why that? Don't you why that? He don't consult Bini. Bini gods. Yeah, he said his ancestors are from Bini. Yeah. <laughs> when Tyson Fury jam him, when Tyson Fury jam the guy, all the ancestors left him. <laughs> That's the rock seat. You want to hear the truth? It's a spiritual seat. When you sit down there, all your plans will change. Obasan just sat down there and swore ahead it that he will give Nigerians uninterrupted power supply by the, which particular year? He gave us like two years. And he worked hard towards it. He wasn't joking. People can mock him now. He worked hard towards it. He used to give a presidential media briefing every month. They would ask him. And he say it's still on course. One day put our brother, Christian, true Christian man, not a clown, not a joker. Professor Chinedunebo. When the man came to National Assembly, the man said he would cast out the demons from the power sector. He did not know that the demons, they don't go out but by prayer and fasting. When he finished, he said, Lord, why could I not cast it out? That was what he was. I'm telling you, when he finished his tenure, he said, Lord, why could I not cast it out? He couldn't. He didn't use those words, but he turned and said, it's as if some people have made up their minds that things will not work in this country. That was the frustration he faced. Our current president came, well, fight corruption, fight corruption. Okunjo wrote a book on when corruption fights back. He didn't just fight corruption, corruption just sit down there. When you want to fight corruption, it kicks into the lion's den. That's what happened to some, uh, the, to, to Daniel. So people will be telling, that's why I take the church. You, you want good for the country? Forget the candidates. Collect the seats. What did I say? Forget the candidates. Do what? Collect the seat. Profess on the seat. Speak to the seat. Offer sacrifices to God on behalf of that seat. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The seat is your problem, not all this noise on political parties. You tell me, you know, this part, I said, in Nigeria, we have only one political party. I hope you know. How was APC formed? Disgruntled elements from PDP. Joined some disgruntled elements from, they now say, okay, okay, they formed ACN, then they joined the uh, CPC, then some other people joined, they said, we have a new, which, which new party? It's called recent, recent, no, resensitized, that's what I'm looking for. Resensitized PDP with AD. We just shook it. Then someone fell out and went and formed NMPP. Have you not seen it before? Then some said, no, we'll stay in PDP. They said, you won't give a ticket. They go to a, a Labour Party. Listen, it, 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 have I lied to you? We have only one political party in Nigeria. What we need is Jesus Christ. Though. That's what I'm telling people. In Nigeria, what we need, eh? forget the political parties. What we need is what? The seat. We will claim the seat. We will. We, we, that is, we will claim that seat. See? And let me say what we said again. If you will not do us good, go and sit down there first. Fire, go burn you. Yes, yes. If you will not do us good, you sit down there. In the name of Jesus, rejection. That seat will vomit you. That's what we are saying. 
We say, only the person who will do this nation good will settle down there and not be ejected. And once they elect you, I don't care who you are, most likely the person I vote for will not win. So, Pastor Mark, God give me. There are two reasons why. One reason is history. <laughs> most of my candidates don't win. That's the only reason I'll tell you for now. The second reason is private. So I'm not saying all of this because I think my own candidate will win. Oh, just hear it. The chance that my candidate will win is less than 0.5%. Don't try to guess because there are about five candidates that will lose. She will, I hope you know. <laughs> it's not only one that will win. How many do we have? I didn't know up to 10. You know, some parties don't have political they don't have presidential candidates. Abby. But the chances that my own will win, I'm just telling you now. Now, what I've said now is not the word of God. This last part. I hope you get my point. This last part I've said is not the word of God, though. I hope you get my point. That my, my, that my candidate is likely to lose is not the word of God. It's just my own opinion. I'm just telling you that to let you know. Yet, I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Yet, I will join in the Lord of my salvation. Yet, I have faith that good will come to me. Yet, I believe that goodness and mercy will overshadow this nation. Yet, I'm not sure my own candidate will win. Can you see? I like the confusion I put on your faces. So that when you finish, when you leave here, you say, only Jesus can say, you'll be singing it from the bottom of your heart. That's, that's, that is all I've tried to do. To make sure that you trust only in the Lord. You know what? As a church, when we do that, then the Spirit of God will possess whoever sits there. And then God will gather, carry his own person, and put him there. But if we worship any other God, we frustrate the counsel of God for our generation. But when I get to that issue of politics, I get stuck. Yes, I'm still stuck. I'm still stuck. They said one church has started the department to mobilize support for their members who are going to politics. I said, Satan will soon join. Satan will sit on the see the deacon in <coughs> the deacon you put in charge of that seat will soon be demon possessed. Mark my words. The deacon that you put, in fact, he will try to resist temptation. God will not give him the ability. He will bribe his life to pieces. Mark my words. There are times I tell you that it's not the spirit of God, though. You understand? You know, there are times. I didn't say that. Did I say that? I said what? Mark my words. Apostle, you've been your people. You create a seat. You put a dick in there to mobilize support for your members going into political office as a judge. An evil spirit from God will possess that dick. Just, you know, I didn't like my life to be like that. I wanted to be a nice. But when Amos came and shook my hand, and Jeremiah gave me a hug. <laughs> I knew that my life wouldn't be the same again. People have been angry with me. It's very this political issue. But one thing I just say, God sees my heart. I have never campaigned for any candidate or against any. I have just tried to warn the people of God not to annoy him. If you want to start a political department in your church, you know what you will do? Let them teach principles of righteousness. Let them teach your members how to govern in righteousness. How to mobilize support in righteousness. Give them 
the terms and conditions of service that God gives to every leader that he puts in office. I hope you are getting my point. Anybody that wants to go, if he's in Labour Party, anoint him. That God should bless him. If he comes, no, I'm in EPDP, anoint him. If he says, I'm in APC, anoint him. NMP, you are not anointing him to win. No. You are anointing him that if he wins, he will do righteousness. You will anoint him that he won't shoot anybody. You will anoint him that the temptation of this life will not carry him away. You will anoint him that even if he loses, he will understand the will of God. You will anoint him and then four of them will be churched in the same denomination. And there will be no fight. But if you want to mobilize support, watch out for demons. Demons of corruption. I hope you are getting my point. Hey, God, I will get to my message in a moment. Don't worry, we'll finish preaching today before I go. Don't worry. I just want Christians to know what it means to be a Christian is different from what it means to be popular. And what I'm saying is clear to you. What it means to be a Christian is different from what it means to be popular. You are not going out there because you want to... Look, open to Daniel chapter 2. Don't worry, we'll preach the message for today in a moment. Now I told you. You know, remember Grace? Remember Grace? I don't mean the girl down the street. I mean Grace. Where is Grace? Did you go away? Oh, <laughs> that's not the Grace I'm talking about. <laughs> okay? I mean Grace, the power of God to get things done. The power of God to open our eyes to sin to the realm of the spirit. The power of God to remove fear from us because we are so, that is the protection of the Almighty is so tangible to us. How do we activate that grace is what I'm talking about here. Let's magnify the Lord. We'll read this together. From verse 20, everybody. From verse 20, we are going to read all the way to verse 21. Okay, so verses 20 and 21. Are you there? All right. If you have a new American standard, use that so that we can all sound together. If you don't, just look at your neighbor's own. But if none of you has, use the one you have. Are you ready? Now read this so that Abuja can hear it. One, two, let's go. Daniel said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever. For wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Read 21 again. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He gives, he gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Read it one more time. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. We say concerning Nigeria again. Lord, establish a good king for us. Amen. What do we call a good king? One that will reign in righteousness. One that will reign in justice. One that will be a blessing to the church of Christ in this nation. Amen. One through whom you will establish Decrees, laws, things that will cause your, you know, your, your plan for the season, your progress that you have ordained for your people and for the nation that will cause them to progress. That's what we call a good king. Establish for us such a king in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we don't have the wisdom, we don't have the knowledge, but you know all things. There's nothing that's hidden to you. With you, all things are possible. With you, all things are made clear. This is our desire. Do it for us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's just finish what we were saying. All right, so that I want us to read the number of scriptures. So, what this is the grace I was talking about. This is the grace. If you want the things of the Spirit to be real to you, activate them. 
If you want to see divine provision, activate it. If you want to see divine protection, activate it. If you want to see divine health, activate it. How do you activate it? Two things you do. One, magnify the Lord by talking about him at all times. I hope you are getting my point. What did I say? Magnify the Lord by talking about him at all times. Magnify the Lord by talking about him at all times. Now, we are going to read a number of scriptures. It will help me to explain what I'm going to say. First of all, let's open to the book of Psalms 18. Psalm number 18. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Okay, the amen is not loud enough. Some people are still looking for it. Psalm number 18. Everybody can rise to our feet. Because we are going to do this and then we are going to go home. Psalm number 18. We are in the verse 19. From verse 1 to verse 19. All right, get ready. You are activating something. By this, the power of God will be made real to you. Say amen if you like that. Amen. One, two, let's go. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Please wait for a moment. Next line is going to tell us, I I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and he saved me from my enemies. Now, but before you can read it, you have to read this and know it and say this in conversation all the time. I have trouble. Okay, who do I call? Do you know anybody? I'm looking for somebody who can help me. Do you know anybody in the police or the military or DSS, NSCDC? Why? Hey, there's trouble in our neighborhood. That's the problem with this country. If it's in America now, you just dial 911, and in five minutes, a squad car is there. The problem in this country is that we are very foolish people. We have leaders who have no plans for the secret. See all this one you are doing. is the problem you will have. The day you have trouble, nobody will answer you. Because you have taken the name of the Lord and have put it on the government. You put it on the army, on the police, on NSCDC, on DSS, on the human people who can help. But why don't you start like this? Verse 2. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Now, verse 3. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I'm saved from my enemies. Now, before you can call upon him and be saved from your enemies, you have to declare who he is to you. I hope you are getting my point. Many people are calling upon him. They have, never, they have never witnessed to anybody that he is the one that is that to them. That's why I began my reading from Malachi chapter 3. Those that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord heard. This is why he hears. They magnify him all the time. Sometimes I'm discussing with people, and I regret some of those discussions because I don't know how I forgot that you don't cast your pearls before swine. A lot of people are just callous in their hearts. They don't listen to instruction. They don't listen to the counsel of the Almighty. They tell me that I'm burying my head in the sand. When they say this country, we are finished. I say we are not finished. They think I'm trying to say that security physically is like it should be. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Your head about the Nigerian man who was beaten by an Italian man on the streets of Italy while people were videoing it. Beaten to death. 
There are things that will happen there. Say if it's in Europe now, it won't happen. See, when you want to talk, magnify the Lord. Tell your neighbor, magnify the Lord. If they say we need money, they say, ha, now wow, this country. Just the person, shut up. The Lord is your provider. If somebody says that there's this need that comes up, before you say, hey, Mugbeu, first thing you say that the Lord is my provider. So when is the money coming? I'll call you back tomorrow. I will give you an answer. I'm not saying I'll give you money tomorrow. Just wait. Let me go and meditate on the Lord is my provider. But the first thing you will hear from my mouth is what? The Lord is my provider. Now that's the problem in this country. You know, if you're in America now, if this was UK now, you have insurance that will take care of all these things. That's the problem with this Nigeria. You know what Jesus will just do? Jesus will just say, okay, I'm coming. Call one small apprentice angel. Stand with him. That one, the only job is to protect him from dying immediately. He can't do anything. He can't hunger with. That is, you will so suffer. The person going with you matters. That's why Moses said, because I will say, Moses said, if you won't go with us, leave us here. Is that you go and give us a more advice? You okay, somebody because one angel doesn't have power. Leave that thing. If you want the Lord to be with you at all, at all times, this is what you do. Let's let's start again. Verse two. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Verse three. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I'm safe from my enemies. The cause of death can compass me, and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cause of shoals surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling. And were shaken because he was angry. Hey, listen, you know, hey, oh my God. You know the truth that we have not called upon the Lord. One day, this country, the church in this nation made me ashamed. They mounted a protest against insecurity for the government in Abuja. And our leaders went on and walked in front of a protest calling for security. Think about it. Do you think you'll ever see Elijah walking before Ahab because of insecurity in Israel? Do you think you'll ever see Elisha in that kind of position? But we didn't know it was wrong. We said it's time for action. And we are shouting, help, O Lord, the king. And the king said, if the Lord does not help you, from where will I help you? Is it from the threshing floor? Or from the wine press. From where will I help you? We claim to believe in the Bible. We behave like we have never read it. The church protesting because of security. What happened to our knees? This is what David said here. He said, I cried to him. Oh, when I read this, even me, I shook. He said, then the earth shook. And quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. The only anger we are letting the Lord feel now is anger against sin, our sin. We have not yet provoked him to anger 
against the enemies of his people. Time will not let me explain further. Let's continue reading. Verse 8. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and the fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick blackness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones are coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me. For they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Let's stop here. Let's stop reading here. Because of time. I wanted to just stop reading here. Now all of these things began with just one principle, which is verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. I want you to just take a minute. You have that scripture there. Read it to yourself. You have a minute. You have a minute. Not only will you confess that, you will reject some other things. Nigeria's security forces, they are not my rock. They are not my fortress. If God wants to use them to protect me, fine. But they are not my rock. My God is my rock. It's in him I take refuge. My God is my rock. It is in him I take refuge. My God is my rock. It is in him I take refuge. He's my shield. And the horn of my salvation. The power that saves me is my place of safety. He said, I call on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemy. He's the one that saves me. In his anger, he will terrify my enemies. He will terrify those who are gathered against me because he's my defense. Because he's my defense. Quickly, let's read Psalm 27. Because of time, let's just read a few more. Psalm number 27. Just go down quickly to number 27. Remember, all of this is predicated on one thing, what to say about the Lord. If you have lack, remember, the Lord is your provider. Some people want to whine first, then say, but The Lord is not a but Tell your neighbor, the Lord is not but Tell somebody, the Lord is not but Please, if you don't understand Nigerian English, let us explain it. The bot is a bot you know. Sha is what? 
I don't know. Sha, you know, Sha, just anyhow, Sha. Exactly. But Sha, Sha is what we say, like, mm, okay, mm, although, you know, that kind of, in spite of, and that kind of thing. No, we are not just using the law to end the sentence. That's what I'm trying to say. No, the problem in this country is that Buhari is aloof. The problem is that we don't like old people ruling. Where do you want old people to be ruling when there are young people who can rule? Hey, but Sha, God will help us. That's, that's nonsense talk. What did I say? Nonsense talk. nonsense talk. The Lord is not a butcher. Don't use him to butcher after you finish talking nonsense. Now use him to end the rubbish talk. Let, let me tell you again. If you fall sick, don't use God as butcher. You rush. The doctors don't, don't say, they say they know what they will do. They, don't say, they say they don't know what they will do. We have gone here and there. Butcher, God will help us. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is not butcher. Start with the Lord. That's how you do. You start with Him. Say, there's a problem. Say, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, when you are finished praying, you are the healer. You are the helper. Help me. They now meet you at different levels. Sometimes you say, okay, meet that doctor. He will take good care of you on my behalf. I will guide his hands. See, okay, let me not scare you. Because you know how many thousands of doctors we have in the society? Nine out of ten. 99 out of 100 of them care first about their pocket than they care about your health. Before they consider your health, they'll check how much money they will make. Because iron rod don't go up. Cement don't go up. Sand now. Now this is they carry sand. At you see him. That is now. It don't go up. So whether you have headache or not is your problem. He has to pay this. <laughs> So if do, before you just go and go and give, yeah, yeah, yeah. pray. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, sir. Pray. Because even in the choice of a physician, God has to lead you. Just go and turn. You know, some people they smoke, they drink. You are, the anesthetist has put you to sleep before they start surgery. But boy is outside using wee wee. When it comes, you see your intestine. This is not disease. And I said, don't use the Lord as butcher. Start with the Lord. Before you rush anywhere, I don't care how critical the issue is. First pray. Say, this child is convulsing. No, say, wait. In Jesus' name, Father God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon this child. I speak to this conversion. Stop in Jesus' name. They carry the child. Go where you want to go. Do that one first. Don't butcher the Lord. Where were we? Have we opened it? Have you read it? Okay. The Lord is good. Again, we are going to read from verse 6. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evil doers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock, and now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. 
I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Amen. All of this is predicated on one particular point. Verse 1. Everybody read it again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Just that. Read it again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Say it again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. One more time. The Lord is my light and my salvation. What are we doing? We are describing who the Lord is. That's what we are saying. The names of God are plenty. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Salvation is the one that saves me. My light, the one that gives me direction. The one that teaches me how to walk. The one who I obey. That's the meaning of the Lord is my light. I hope you're getting my point. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing because that is what he said. Like I said last time, there is no order in the midst of disorder until you hear a word from heaven. What brings order into the midst of disorder is what? Thus says the Lord. And God said. That's what we mean when we say the Lord is but my light. Let me tell you something, please. No matter the trouble you have, never run away from the word of God. I want to end with that. Because of time. Because where order comes into your life from is where the word is coming forth from. See, if you have troubles, eh? let me tell you what to do. Just look for a corner. I'm not saying we're the only ones preaching the word of God in Nigeria. Did I say so? But I would also know, we don't know that we are preaching it or we are not. We know. That one is not humility. That's annoying the Lord. I can assure you if you come, you will hear us read scripture and we will debate the Lord. Sit in one corner. You don't want to greet anybody. Just sit at your corner somewhere. Hear that word. See, as God lives, your life will change. Yes. As pastor came with me, many people come to me and say they want to talk to me. I said, of course, if, if, if you have tried it before, you know, say, as soon as I say, Pastor, I want to see you. I just say, you want to see me? Say, yeah, Pastor, came one he wants to see you. I don't even need talking. <laughs> that guy is dangerous, man. You prescribe six months. He <laughs> said, just sit down here for six months. Say, you don't need prayer. You don't need laying of hands. Just come and sit down. And, you know, most people will obey. Some people don't obey. Once they're that, they know they come again. They are lost. They are lost. But those who sit... Almost all of them, at the end of the day, they tell that I don't need prayer again. They have never sat for six months, so they just don't want month. Listen to me. As the word of God is coming to you, sickness will melt. Amen. Troubles will melt. Amen. Pain will go. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I lift up the name of the Lord over you this evening. The Lord is your healer. Amen. The Lord is your doctor. Let, I need to say this to somebody. The Lord has forgiven you. Amen. Okay, you know what that means? When you hear the Lord is my redeemer, that's what it means. He buys me from the bondage of sin and puts me in a place of freedom. In his kingdom. That's it. So I say to you today, the Lord has forgiven you. Amen. He has redeemed you. He said, this, the, the, God can forgive you, but the consequence will remain. Mm-mm-mm, not the God I serve. It is to you according to your faith. If you want the consequence to remain, enjoy it. But if you will say amen to what I'm saying, the consequence will disappear. Now, listen to this. The Lord has forgiven you. Amen. And he has healed you. Amen. He has forgiven you. Amen. And he has healed you. Amen. He adds one thing to it. He said, go 
and sin no more. Amen. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You are free. Give the Lord thanks this evening. Say, Lord, I thank you. I'm free. We'll read the other scriptures later.